This morning our scripture comes from Matthew chapter 18. I'm not going to be reading it, but I'm going to ask Jackie to play us a video that's a depiction of this morning's scripture reading. So please watch it. Stories of the Bible. The parable of the unforgiving servant. This is Jesus. hey Who is the son of God and the savior of the world. While Jesus was on earth, He taught everyone about God's love and healed people from their sickness. He did many miracles like walking on water. Oh, hey guys. And even raised people from the dead. One day, Jesus was talking with his disciples and teaching them when Peter asked, Um, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? Jesus said, no, not seven times, but 70 times seven. Then Jesus told a parable. He said, the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who decided to get his money back that he had let his servants borrow. While the king was doing this, one of the servants who owed him a million dollars was brought in. One million dollars, please. The servant couldn't pay, so the king ordered that he be sold along with his family and everything he owned, to pay the debt. Wait, please! But the servant begged the king, Please be patient with me, and I will pay it all. Then his king was filled with pity for him, and he let him go and forgave his debt. But when the man left the king, He went to a fellow servant who owed him a few thousand dollars. Uh, hi? Come here, Will. He grabbed him and demanded that he pay him back immediately. Oh, wait, please. His fellow servant begged for a little more time. He said, be patient with me and I will pay it. No. But the servant wouldn't wait. He had the man arrested and put in prison until the debt could be paid in full. When some of the other servants saw this, they were very upset. They went to the king and told him everything that had happened. Then the king called in the man he had forgiven and said, You evil servant, I forgave you that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? Then the angry king sent the man to prison to be punished until he had paid all that he owed. Jesus then said, That's what my heavenly father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart. Forgiveness. It's the hardest thing to give away. And the last thing on your mind today, it always goes to those who don't deserve. It's the opposite of how you feel when the pain they caused is just too real. It takes everything you have to say the word forgiveness. This morning we are speaking about forgiveness. And I must be honest with you, this is a hard message to preach. And maybe if I put myself in your shoes, it's probably a hard message to listen to. And this morning I'm going to be guiding us through this process of forgiveness. And I'm going to ask that you prepare your heart, prepare yourself, allow your heart to be open to what God wants to firmly but gently do in your life. 
You saw it in the story. If you owed somebody 18 million rand, how would you pay it back? And I don't want that just to be an arbitrary figure. Think about how long it's taken you to accumulate what you've got now. And if you owed somebody 18 million rand, how would you pay that back? If you're anything like me, it would probably be impossible. And then think about if your debt of 18 million rand that you owe somebody, if that debt was cancelled, what would you do if somebody else owed you about 30,000 rand? And I hope and I know you get the point of the story. That those monetary amounts in that parable, whether they were bags of gold or dollars or rand, are a measurement of offense. And the idea is that the king in the story is God. And if every single one of your sins or my sins was one rand, how much would you or I owe God? There's a scripture that says, if he marked our transgressions, our sins, which one of us would be able to stand? None of us, because we are all sinners and we all fall short of the glory of God daily. The language of unforgiveness says, pay me what you owe me. Whereas the language of forgiveness says, your debt has been cancelled. I was sitting in a living free course a month, a couple of months ago when they had it here. And the, the session I attended was on forgiveness. And Peter asked us, how would you define forgiveness? And the ideas came from across the room. And I remember Brad giving a definition. And as I was preparing this message, I asked Brad, what was that definition that you gave? And Brad said it was actually something he'd picked up from Jason Humphreys, who was a previous pastor of this church. And he defined forgiveness as relinquishing the right to punish. Giving up the right to punish someone else. We currently in the middle of a series called Deep Clean. And the series was born out of actually a staff meeting that we were in. We were talking about something very practical, the cleaning out of our storerooms here in the church building. But as we were talking about it, I had this picture of our hearts, our collective hearts as a church, being like this building. And in the building, there are those storerooms where there are things that some of us don't even know what is there. The deep cleaning series is all about allowing God to go into those storerooms of our hearts and clean out and clear out, spring clean, as it were, the chambers of our hearts. And Jolene introduced the series so beautifully two weeks ago when she presented the message on new life in Christ, of how everyone that is in Christ is a new creation. But often there are those things that are hindering us from experiencing the fullness of the freedom of this life in Christ. And I'm praying that today this message helps us one step further, deeper into experiencing that freedom. Freedom. Roland shared a beautifully personal story, story from the Bible, the story of David, but also a story from Roland's life. And he very graciously shared that story with us so that he could share with us how he experienced God's forgiveness, how every single one of us who has accepted Jesus can experience that receiving forgiveness. Forgiveness is a wonderfully freeing consequence of living in the kingdom of God. But sadly, many of us aren't living in the fullness of that freedom. I told you about me attending the Living Free course. 
living free defines or speaks about the effects of forgiveness. When its true impact is consciously understood and embraced, it is liberating and life-changing. It has the power to break chains, chains that can hold us in bondage for years. At the 8 o'clock it also got very quiet. Because this is a hard message to hear. It's a hard message to give. And if my purpose was only talking about why we should forgive, it would be an easy message. We should forgive because the Bible says so. This is almost a no-brainer. The Bible says in Ephesians 4 verse 32, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. Colossians 3 verse 13, Bear with one another and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. The key in both of these passages is that we are to forgive others as God has forgiven us. Why do we forgive? We forgive because we have been forgiven. You remember when Jesus was asked, how do we pray? And he taught us, when you pray, pray like this, our Father who art in heaven, and so on and so on. Verse 12 says, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. In the section that comes just after Jesus teaches them how to pray, Jesus says, For if you give other people when they sin against you, the Heavenly Father will also forgive you. And everyone who's been forgiven says, Thank you, Lord. But then it goes on to say, But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. And I don't know about you, but I can't afford for my father not to forgive my sins. And so in a sense, for me to convince you that we need to forgive is easy because the Bible says so. If I needed more reason to convince you, let me try and convince you even more. Forgiveness is good for you. It's good for your health and well-being. From a scientific perspective, research has shown that forgiveness is associated with a huge range of psychological, social, and physical benefits, including improved mental health, reduced stress, improved relationships, and better physical health outcomes. Studies have even shown that forgiveness has a positive impact on academics. All the students say amen. Lower blood pressure. Other people say amen. <laughs> Better sleep and less anxiety. Are you carrying unforgiveness? Don't answer right away. Because the chances are pretty good that you're carrying unforgiveness about something. For some of us, it might be something small, a minor offense, an irritation. For others, it might be something more serious, more deep. And like I said, I don't think I have to convince you that you need to forgive. I think what would be more helpful for me this morning is if I could give you a tool that would help you to know how to forgive. And that's what I'd like to do this morning. You would have heard for the last few weeks we've been announcing that there's a fresh start course that's starting at King of Kings Baptist Church this Saturday. Um, and what I'm going to be taking you through today is basically the six steps of Fresh Start. Fresh Start helps people move forward in life by experiencing the practical, powerful process of forgiveness. So this is one of those messages where you're not just going to sit and listen and say at the end of the message, Pastor, that was a good message. I'd like you to be taking notes 
I'd like you to be taking screenshots of the steps I give you. Or maybe even go to the web start, freshstartforallnations.org, to find out how you can process forgiveness. Or even attend the course at King of Kings. I don't think we've got one planned for our church for at least the rest of this year. Um, but when we have another one, I'd encourage you to do that. I'd like to take you through these steps. And even if you think, I don't need this, there's a step for that. It's actually step number one. Let's move to step number one. Step number one is to identify the hurt, the loss, or the offense. The question is, who or what has offended you? Or who or what have you lost? You know, I speak about trivial things, but sometimes for some people it can be something like a rugby match. You can experience real hurt, loss, or trauma from watching them not kick the ball through those poles. (laughs) If only. But sometimes we don't even know the things that have affected our hearts. And the psalmist reminds us, or the psalmist prays this prayer in Psalm 26 verse 2. Examine me, O Lord, and test me. Look closely into my heart and My mind. Ask God to expose any unforgiveness in your heart. Ask Him to reveal the source of your hurt, of your loss, or of your offense. And you see that I put the instructions on the screen. List offenses or hurts that and the person or the persons involved. And when I say list, I'm talking very specific. And I'm going to get a little bit specific now. If there was a person who rejected you, How they rejected you. Ask God to reveal that in your heart and your mind. Maybe there have been people who have violated or abused you. Or you found yourself in a situation where you were violated or abused. What about conflicts? Conflicts involving family, friends, conflict in the workplace, conflict in the church, when I shared the introduction to this series at our church's AGM, I reflected a little bit on some of the storms that we as a community of faith have gone through over the last number of years. Our senior pastor, previous senior pastor, retiring and leaving could leave a real sense of loss and emptiness for many of us. Our associate pastor, Resigning, and the circumstances around that, I know for a fact, has left many people hurt and even broken. COVID gave us all our fair share of losses, hurts, and disappointments. And for a number of us, even part of our church family, the loss of our church community Our congregation, Musenberg, closing down, has left a void, a loss, hurt, and pain. What about relationships, divorce, or separation? Maybe you've lost a job. Maybe you've lost your health. Maybe you've lost relationships due to conflict and maybe even death. A loss of a dream or an opportunity for your future. Future as in marriage, future as in family, maybe even future career. 
Psalm 26 verse 2 says, Examine me, O Lord, and test me. Look closely into my heart. Choose one of these things. And I'd advise you, if you're going through this practically, choose just one. And practice, hone the tools that I'm going to give you today on that. The first tool I want to give you is to identify who or what is in your gap. I've got a slide with a gap. And I love this slide because it helps me to understand and even to process the things that I've gone through. We all have this sense, a sense of knowing that things aren't the way it should be. And when we look at our experiences, we often realize and identify that according to God's design, my life, my experience is not matching up, connecting with God's design. And so that gives us a gap. And in that gap is the hurt, the loss, the pain, the disappointment. Actually, in that gap very often is the person that has caused that pain. And to give you a better idea of the difference between God's design and our experience and that gap, on the next slide, I give you some examples of what God's design involves. God wants us to know that we are accepted, approved, that we are appreciated, loved. God wants us, desires for us to experience affection, comfort, encouragement, mutual respect, safety, security, peace, support, and unity. This is God's plan for us. When God created the heavens and the earth, and when he said it's all very good, that was what God had in mind. And we all know what happened in Genesis 3 that brought about the result of the things on the other side of the page. Rejection, coldness, and maybe this has been your experience. Criticism, disapproval, neglect, pain being minimized, discouragement, disrespect, aloneness, division. If you say you have no one to process, I don't know if I'd believe you because you'd basically be saying that everyone in your life has treated you like Jesus should treat you. And I know that's not true. But I want to encourage you. Step number one, identify. What's step number one? Identify. I've got a slide that will help us to do the revision. Step number one is identify. And identify is basically saying to the Spirit of God, examine me, test me, look closely into my heart and mind. Step number two, how did it affect you? How have you been affected within your thoughts and feelings? Psalm 139 verse 23 says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. I love that verse because it speaks about the heart, but it also speaks about the thoughts. And the question I want to ask you is, how did whatever it is that's in your gap, how did that affect your thoughts? Your thoughts about yourself. Your thoughts about the situation, your thoughts about life in general, the thoughts about the person, and even your thoughts about God. Now, thoughts are an area that I spend a lot of time in. I'm a self-confessed overthinker. Something I don't do as much is evaluate my feelings. How did this affect, this offense affect my feelings? How did I feel? And I find for me it's useful because feeling words don't come natural to me. And so Fresh Start actually provides you with a list of feelings to help you choose or identify or recognize what feelings that hurt, loss, or offense has invoked in you. 
You notice that we're talking about forgiveness. And step one is not forgiveness. Step two is not forgiveness. Actually, step one is, what is step one? Identify. Step two, affect. So you can just read the one that's underlined. It will help you to remember. Identify and affect. How has it affected you? We haven't even gotten to forgiveness yet. You might think forgiveness is step number three, but it's not. Because step number three is where it gets a little bit personal and actually where I start to step on your toes. Because step three is your response. How did you respond? Psalm 139 verse 24. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. See, oftentimes our responses to hurts or to losses or to offenses is to either avoid or withdraw or maybe even to respond or lash out in anger. Many times we say things, we do things, we even decide things that are contrary to God's will. And this is often the space These are often the things that become footholds that the enemy then later on turns into strongholds that prevents us from living in the fullness of the freedom that God wants us to enjoy. We make vows. We say things like, I won't cry, or I will never trust again, or I'll never have another close relationship. I'll take care of myself. I don't need you, or I will be better than him or her. Because instead of the offender being in your gap, instead of you being in the gap, Jesus, what he did on Calvary, what we celebrate today, Jesus takes the place of our gap. He fills the gap and bridges that gap between what God intended for us and our experience of hurt, pain, loss. Psalm 142 says, I cry aloud to the Lord. I lift up my voice to the Lord for mercy. I pour before him my complaint. Before him I tell my trouble. And for those of you that are overthinkers, I read something, it was a tweet or a meme somewhere that I saw, that says, if you underthink, you need to read more. Because reading helps to stimulate your mind. If you overthink, you need to write more. To externalize those things that are on the inside. And here's where I find it helpful to just pour out your heart to the Lord in pen. Just tell him what you're feeling. Tell him how this hurt has affected you. Tell him how you've responded. Tell him how your thoughts have been affected. Pour out your heart to the Lord. Express your desires to him, both your unmet desires and your current desires. But then make the transition to give thanks to the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord. I know it sounds counterintuitive. You're thinking, I'm pouring out my heart. This is pain. This is hurt. This is loss. But give thanks to the Lord. First Thessalonians 5.18 says, Whatever happens, give thanks. Because it's God's will in Christ Jesus that you do this. Ephesians 5 verse 20. Always thank the God, thank God the Father for everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Psalm 50. Bring your thanks to God as a sacrifice. Sacrifice is not easy. It often comes with pain. Bring your thanks to God as a sacrifice and keep your vows to the Most High. Call on me. God says in times of trouble, I will rescue you and you will honor me. Whoever offers thanks as a sacrifice honors me. 
I will let everyone who continues in my way be free. Living a life of thanksgiving is living a life of submission. Jesus demonstrated it. Remember I spoke to you about Jesus pouring out his heart in Gethsemane? It was just a little bit after that that Jesus found himself at this table knowing what was going to happen to him. He broke bread and he said, this bread is my body which is broken for you. And then what does he do? He gives thanks. In the midst of the pain and suffering of sweating drops of blood, Jesus gives thanks. I told you about the song, Forgiveness. At the start of the service, I quoted the lyrics of a song, Forgiveness, written by Matthew West. One of the verses says, It flies in the face of all your pride. It moves away the mad inside. It's always anger's own worst enemy. And even when the jury and the judge say you've got a right to hold a grudge, it's that whisper in your ear saying, set it free. Forgiveness. Pouring out your heart is an important step because it's the step that precedes and precedes the main thing that we're talking about this morning. Step number one is to identify. Number two is to affect. Three, four, pour out. Number five, forgive. Forgive the one who has hurt or offended you. This takes us back to the parable that we watched at the beginning of the sermon. You can only forgive if you've experienced the new life in Christ that Jolene preached about two weeks ago. You can only forgive if you've experienced the forgiveness that Roland spoke about last week. But further to that point, if you have received forgiveness to the amount of 18 million rand, you absolutely cannot afford to not forgive someone who has offended you to the amount of 30,000 rand. You can't give away what you haven't received. And the truth about this situation is that this is bigger than we are. We don't have it within us to forgive. But I don't choose, I don't forgive because I can forgive. I forgive because I choose to forgive. And I only choose to forgive because I want to be obedient to Jesus. And I will leave the outcome to Him. Forgiveness is not a feeling. It's a choice. The order, you can go to the previous slide. The order is that I have been forgiven. That's what we celebrate here. And because I've been forgiven, I will be forgiving And only when I am forgiving can I be truly free. It's choosing to love Jesus more than the need for an apology, more than the need for justice, more than the need for an explanation, more than even the need for fairness. Forgiving is saying this person doesn't owe me anything for my sake. I choose to cancel the debt. Forgiveness is what Jesus demonstrated when he said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they are doing. Forgiveness is Jesus filling the gap. 
My experience is not minimized. Neither is my pain. These things are still there. Neither does God's design change either. God always has the best. The difference is that you allow the situation to be handled and filled with Jesus, not with the other person and not with me. It's letting go of your own. Speaking of letting go, that brings us to the sixth and final step. And it's an important step because I don't want us to think that just because we are forgiven, it's over now. Having identified, understood the effect, how we've responded and poured out our heart and chosen to forgive, we now need to choose to entrust this to God, to release it, to let it Go. Release helps us to deal with the effects, with the way that this hurt, this loss, this offense has affected me. Psalm 55 says, cast all your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you. It's choosing to entrust it to God. Take the effects and give them to God. This releasing all of the effects to the Lord protects you actually and it protects you against the ongoing contaminating effects of unforgiveness it's being free and free from the effects it will free you up to pray it will free you from the influence of the demonic you know that when we maintain unforgiveness we give the demonic access to our lives Matthew sorry Ephesians 6 Four, sorry, Ephesians 4, verse 26 to 27. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. This is where Living Free speaks about you becoming unoffendable. Where you build up this immunity. Where the condition is where you no longer susceptible to unforgiveness. And like any other kind of immunity, whether it's a disease or immunity against punishment or exemption from something, you will be free from the effects of unforgiveness if and when you release. So important for you to know at this stage who you are in Christ. To know and understand who or what defines you. It says, I am adopted by Christ. I am accepted by God. I'm saying Jesus will define me, not what you have done to me or not what I have lost. And it involves action. It involves going in the opposite direction, moving in the opposite spirit. If you had withdrawn previously, now you initiate. If you were taking the person out of the equation, now you include them. Going in the opposite spirit can mean slowly building a bridge, a bridge of grace. Put your trust in God. Matthew 5 verse 44. But I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use and persecute you. It's not easy, but God's word says that we need to love, bless, do good and pray for the very person or persons who has committed this offense to us. I want to say again what I said at the start. I don't want to minimize your pain. 
And I'm not saying that this is easy. Actually, it's a process for a reason. I've put into one sermon what Fresh Start tries to do in seven weeks. But for many people, they take months on a single step as they go through the process. We can't do it on our own. We need God to help us. You just spent all this time identifying and dealing with the issues from the heart and choosing to forgive. Living in release is our protection from allowing our heart to be poisoned again. Giving out of love, doing good, blessing and praying for the very people that have hurt us. Keeps the water of our heart flowing. And that flowing keeps it clean. I'm going to read the last verse of the song. And then I'm going to, we're going to be playing the song. I'd like you to listen and reflect on the words. And even as we listen and reflect on the words, I'd like you to prepare your heart for the communion table. It'll clear the bitterness away. It can even set a prisoner free. There's no end to what its power can do. So let it go and be amazed by what you see through the eyes of grace. The prisoner that it really frees is you. I pray that God has challenged you this morning. Maybe you've identified something or someone. Or maybe you feel, I need to attend that fresh start course that's happening at King of Kings starting on Saturday. Or maybe the next time we have a living free course or the next time we do fresh start here at the church, you need to be part of it. I want to challenge you, don't let this service end until you have made a conscious decision in your heart to respond to what God has said. As we prepare ourselves to take part in communion today, Matthew 5, verse 23 says, So if you are offering your gift at the altar, and remember there that another believer has something against you, leave your gift at the altar. First go away and make peace with that person. Then come back and offer your gift. While the song is playing, I'm going to ask those that have been asked with the passing, to assist with the passing out of these emblems. If you can come to the front. And as the song plays, I'm going to ask you to reflect in your heart. Lord, help me identify if there's someone that I need to extend forgiveness and then go through the process. I'm going to ask that you, as they pass it around, that you keep the emblems and we'll eat and drink together once everyone has received. As we eat... And as we drink together, can I ask you to reflect on the new life that you have in Christ. Reflect on the forgiveness you have received from God through Jesus' death on the cross. And the forgiveness and the grace that we have the privilege of extending to others as his spirit enables us. Let's eat and drink together with thanksgiving. I'm very much aware that this has been a very hard message to hear or to receive. 
And we are very aware of the fact that we can't do this in our own strength. And so as I close our service in prayer, wonder if you want to acknowledge that, Lord, I need your help in helping me to forgive someone, helping me to go through this process of forgiveness. I would like to include you in this closing prayer. So if you'd like me to include you in this closing prayer, I'm going to invite you to stand and I will include you and I will close our service in a word of prayer. We won't sing a song at the end, but maybe as we dismiss, they can play the song Forgiveness again for us. So if you'd like me to include you in this closing prayer, please stand. We thank you for the privilege, the joy, the gift of knowing that our sins are forgiven. We thank you for this table that is a reminder not only of what you have done for us, but also that you will come back to take us to be with you, Father God. And even as we have been challenged by your word today, we acknowledge that we can only forgive, firstly, because you have forgiven us, but secondly, because you will enable us to forgive. And so I pray especially for those of us who are standing who have allowed you into the chambers of our hearts, Lord. I pray that you would be with these people as they identify what the hurt, loss, and the offense has been. As they grapple with how it has affected them in their thoughts and in their feelings. As they grapple with their own responses to it. And as they pour their hearts out to you, I pray that you would enable them, empower them to forgive And then to release so that we can walk in the freedom of knowing that not only are our sins forgiven, but we are in right relationship, that we have forgiven those that have offended us. Lord, I pray that this word that we have heard today won't only rest in our hearts, but that even as we meditate on it through the course of this week, that we would not only be people who forgive others, but that we would be your agents of reconciliation where we find ourselves, Lord. That we will be your agents of reconciling ministry even where we find ourselves. And so as we leave this place and as we go out into a world that is so broken, so lost, so full of hurt, Father God, we pray that we would bring the sweet aroma of your forgiveness into the spaces in which we find ourselves. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.